This is your girl Wakeji Kamore and welcome to Reflections by Wakeji Kamore. <laughs> Today we are going to be focusing on Exodus chapter 13 and then after that I'm going to do a very mini 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 sermon <laughs> on what it is that I have learned or what it is that God is revealing to me from this chapter. So bear with me if this um podcast is longer than 10 minutes I'm going to try as much as possible to keep it shorter. But if it's longer, just bear with me and just hear what it is that the Lord has to tell us. So anyway, Exodus chapter 13. Then the Lord said to Moses, "You must give me every male in Israel who is his mother's first son. This means that every first baby boy and every first male animal will be mine." Moses said to the people, "Remember this day. You are slaves in Egypt, but on this day the Lord used his great power and made you free." You must not eat bread with yeast. Today, <laughs> in the month of Abib, you are leaving Egypt. The Lord made a special promise to your ancestors. He promised to give you the land of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites. After the Lord leads you to the land filled with many good things, then you must remember this day. You must have a special day of worship on this day during the first month of every month every year. For 7 days you must not eat bread without you must eat only bread without yeast. On the 7th day there will be a great festival to show honor to the Lord. So for 7 days you must not eat any bread made with yeast. There must be no bread with yeast at any place in your land. Wow. <laughs> On this day you should tell your children we are having this festival because the Lord took me out of Egypt. The festival will help you remember. It will be like a string tied on your hand. It will be a sign before your eyes. The festival will help you remember the Lord's teaching. It will help you remember that the Lord used his great power to take you out of Egypt. So remember this festival every year at the right time. The Lord will lead you into the land he promised to give you. The Canaanites live there now, but God promised his ancestors that he would give you this land. When that happens you must remember to give the Lord every first baby first born boy and every male animal that is the that is the first born must also be given to the Lord every first born donkey can be bought back you can offer a lamb and keep the donkey if you don't want to buy back the donkey like this then you must break its neck to kill it wow <laughs> guys don't please guys don't dwell on that just feels like too much But every first baby boy must be bought back from the Lord. In the future your children will ask why you do this. They they will say what does all this mean? And you will answer the Lord used his great power to save us from Egypt. We were slaves in that place and he led us out and brought us here. In in Egypt Pharaoh was stubborn and refused to let us leave. So the Lord killed every firstborn in all the land. The Lord killed the firstborn males, animals and human. This is why I give every firstborn male animal to male animal to the Lord, and that is why I buy back each of my firstborn sons from him. This is like a string tied This is like a string tied on your hand, like a sign in front of your eyes. It will help you remember that the Lord brought us out of Egypt with great power. Pharaoh made the people leave Egypt. Now we are going back. We've gone back to the trip, guys, where people are leaving. Pharaoh made um, the people leave Egypt. God did not let the people take the road leading to the land of Philistines. The road had ha, the road by the Mediterranean Sea was the shortest way. 
But God said, if my people go that way, they will have to fight. Then they might change their minds and go back to Egypt. So God led them another way through the desert by the Red Sea. And the Israelites were dressed for war when they left Egypt. I like this. This answers many questions. I know there, there's a meme that goes around and says, so why, I mean, the trip from Egypt to Canaan should have taken 11 days. Why did it take so long? And I like the Bible that the Bible, because it answers, it says that the Lord did not take them through the shortest route because he knew that if they went through the land that the Philistines were living in, they would have to fight and probably they would have gone back to Egypt because maybe they would have lost or they just wouldn't have wanted to fight. So that answers that. <laughs> Joseph goes home. Let me just, <laughs> this is like a subtype tool. Moses carried the bones of Joseph with him. You remember Joseph who died in Egypt and then he was buried there. And then he said that you, when you guys are leaving Egypt, even if it will be how many years later, 400 years later, 400 and whatever years later, please carry my bones. So yes, this is exactly what is happening. Moses carried the bones of Joseph with him. Before Joseph died, he made the Israelites promise to do this for him. He said, when God saves you, remember to carry my bones with you out of Egypt. So that's, what, that's, what, that's what's happening. Then the Israelites left Sarkoth and camped at Etham. Etham was near the desert. The Lord led the way. During the day, the, he said he used a tall cloud to lead the people. And during the night, he used a tall column of fire to lead the people. This fire gave them light so that they could also travel at night. The cloud was always with them during the day. And the column of fire was always with them at night. That's the end of uh, chapter 13. You know, the thing is, <laughs> there's a lot of bad vibes regarding yeast. <laughs> Man, to an extent where, I mean, if you are to eat yeast during the festival of unlivered bread, you are to be cut off from the community. Man, that just seems like a lot. So let's talk about yeast. Let's talk about what it is, what it symbolizes before you all go out there and stop eating pizza. <laughs> so what is yeast and what does it do? Yeast is a tiny organism. A tiny, tiny thing that infiltrates and ferments or swells up carbohydrates, causing it to blow, to rise up, and to grow in size. It is used mostly in baking and makes the flour mixture rise to become even two to three times bigger in its size. So what does this symbolize in the Bible? In Exodus chapter 12, which was the last chapter, we see God instructing the Israelites to have no yeast in their houses for seven days. This was like a national house cleaning week because, I mean, yeast was literally everywhere. And the year, as the years progressed, the Israelites started to fully understand what the removing of yeast truly meant. We see in 2 Chronicles chapter 30, verse 13 to 14, it says many people came together in Jerusalem to celebrate the festival of the unleavened bread in the second month. It was a very large crowd. The people took away all the altars in Jerusalem that were for false gods and all the incense, incense altars that were for false gods and they threw them into the Kindron Valley. So the National House Cleaning Week <laughs> or the removal of yeast wasn't just removing of yeast but removing of sins, dethroning of idols and rejecting of false teachings. Let's Fast forward to New Testament. New Testament in Colossians chapter 2, verse 16 to 17. We see Jesus warning his disciples to be on their guard against the yeast of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. In this verse, yeast symbolizes the hypocritical and faith-denying teachings that the Pharisees and the Sadducees had. In the same way that the yeast is a tiny thing 
that infiltrates and ferments and swells up carbohydrates, causing it to blow up and to rise and to grow in size. Sin is a tiny thing that infiltrates and it ferments and it swells up your habits, causing them to blow up, to rise and to grow up, to grow in size. So rather than us focusing on the physical yeast and stopping off pizza eating, <laughs> let's focus on the spiritual yeast and ask, uh, ask ourselves, what are the little things that infiltrate our lives? It bubbles up and grows to compete with, to compete for God's place in our lives. You see, the thing is the book of Colossians actually tells us what it is that we should put to death and what it is that we should raise in his place. Colossians chapter 3 verse 5 to 14. It says, put to death therefore what is earthly in you. Sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, covetousness, which is idolatry. On account of this, the wrath of God is coming. In this you you too once walked when you were living in them, but now you must put them away. You must put away anger, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk from your mouth. And in verse 12 of the same book, Colossians chapter 3, verse 5 to 2 to 12. So I read verse 5 to 8, and now I'm just reading 12. So I, I skipped a little bit of verses there. It says, put on then as God chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassion, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with and with one another. And if one has a complaint against against another, forgive each other as the Lord has forgiven you. So you must also forgive. Above all this, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. So yes, instead of focusing on yeast, the physical one, let's focus on yeast, the sin, and actually put it to death. And as we put on the things that um, God has asked us to put, compassionate heart, kindness, humility, meekness, patience, forgiveness, and above all, love that binds everything together in perfect harmony. This is Yogawa Kamore, and this has been Reflections by Wakeji Kamore.